This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. When I do webinar interviews or I give big speeches to thousands of people all over the world, I usually will talk about data and sometimes show my dashboards, like my SaaS dashboard as I'm growing my SaaS company to top inbox, or my website dashboard, which shows how I take impressions to convert them into email leads and convert them into customers for NathanLacka.com. The funny thing is, guys, I build these dashboards with myself, no developer, and it's basically free, and I use one tool to do it. You can see the tool at nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. I'll tell you more later in the show. This is episode 652, and coming up tomorrow morning, we have Maria on. She invests $120 million into financial technology companies. If you're a female and you want to see more female founders and smart women in our world, you don't want to miss Maria. Her company's put through 39 graduates so far and is accepting six to eight new per year with the New York Partnership Fund. Good morning, everybody. My guest this morning is Gaurav Dillon. He's an early investor in a company called Snap Logic. He joined as CEO in 2009 when he saw the potential to transform how companies integrate applications, data, and devices for digital business. He spearheaded Snap Logic's rapid growth and oversees its strategy, products, and operations. He was previously the co-founder and CEO of Informatica. Gaurav, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm on it. <laughs> All right, let's let's have some fun. So first things first, I want to understand the tr transition from Informatica to SnapLogic. So what happened at Informatica? Why'd you leave? Yeah, so basically, look, I uh, built that. Uh, my, I wouldn't, wouldn't say I, we, in particular, my co-founder and I built that up from our garage. We had a $75,000 SBA grant um, that we used and then raised venture capital to build that into a market leader in the data warehousing and ETL space. How much total did you raise? Uh, we raised $13.5 million. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Those were different times. It was uh, the world before the internet. Um, and it was, uh, it was uh, just, um, just a uh, wonderful time for two and for me as a 27 year old chief executive. Uh, but it was a lot of working Sundays, you know, it was 12 odd years of working Sundays Took it public uh, in 1999. I uh, was uh, then ran it for another five years. Couple of busts: 99 bust, the year 2003 bust, 9/11, and it was 11, 12 years is is a long time. It's time to go. And I think also fundamentally, uh, this is getting long-winded here, but my strategy was to go build new products. And in a in a in that kind of public environment, there wasn't an appetite for risk. There was more of an appetite to harvest earnings per share and so on. So. It, you know, it was time for me to move on. Uh, in hindsight, it was probably crisp a year or two before I did move on. Be a capitalist, a cold-hearted capitalist with me for a second. You personally wanting to get your own wealth out of Informatica. You deserved it. You worked hard to build it. How did you extract money for yourself from this? Did you sell your shares back? How did you do that? Yeah, so look, I am not a cold-hearted capitalist. I'm a company builder. <laughs> for me, wealth is a byproduct. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just who I am. Uh, you build something great, there's enough for everybody. So how did we do it? So first of all, when, when I did the IPO, I was able to sell some of my shares at, after the IPO in a secondary, which is a very good way. There was no lockout? Uh, no, because in the secondary process, you registered with the SEC for a secondary sale of shares. 
And some uh, of those shares are sold to uh, uh, the pro some of the proceeds go to the company and some of the proceeds go back to the selling shareholders, which were some venture capitalists. I took a portion of my uh, my shareholding and sold it. But it's an open and public view. There's a book. You build a book. Uh, thanks to uh, Charles Phillips and some of the people at Morgan Stanley, some of Frank Quattrone's team here in uh, Silicon Valley, we did a $480 million secondary of most of the proceeds went to the company. But what, not was the, what was the primary? What would you raise in the initial public offering? You know, I think it was less than 100. It's so oh, wow. it's, uh, yeah. And so and that's the way to do it. That's what Tableau did, which uh, which shares uh, some finance board members with my old company and so on. Really? So, that's so the, the, right the secondary was four times as much as the initial, huh? Yeah, if you do well, that's the right way to do it. Interesting. Uh, look, because the IPO, you're also trying to build a brand for yourself. Nobody knows you as a company or as an executive. So if you do a modest IPO, you've got to price it so there's some wealth uh, for the new buyers. And as they do well, they get a sense. You do a couple of good quarters and you have the right momentum. And then uh, they're very much more confident of buying a bigger chunk. And at that point, you can price it more efficiently instead of trying to do it all in one go. So and I, I certainly feel that was good policy. So take us through the exit here. How, when did you, what year did you leave the business in? And then how did you get involved with SnapLogic? Yeah, so I left in July 2004. Um, and for one year, I did nothing. Uh, I had certain bucket list items. I wanted to learn a language. So I learned Spanish. I wanted to uh, travel in certain parts of the world. want to spend some time with my parents before they got too old. I did that. And uh, I, I also wanted to win the bet that many of my friends made with me that I wouldn't last more than six months. So I basically <laughs> left the country and moved to Argentina. I'm like, you had oh, no I'm choice. I'm going to get out of Silicon no, Valley. No, you, you had no internet connection. So you were going to win that bet no matter no, what. I was going to win that bet by moving far, far away. And, uh, <laughs> and so I did. Anyway, so, uh, so how did I get here? So basically what I did after Informatica, as you can imagine, off the time off, came back to the Valley and then boom, it begins, right? You know someone who knows someone who has an idea. And uh, many ideas came up. I joined a couple of boards. I was on a board with then what became our investors in recent Horowitz. I was on a board with them, a couple other not sort of pro bono type of board things. People had helped me and it was time to help others. And from that, uh, I was in a board meeting and you know, it became pretty clear that this uh, business internet, as we called it, I'm ashamed to admit, about 10 odd years ago, uh, which we now call cloud computing, is going to be a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, people aren't just going to buy books on the web. They're going to balance their books on the web. And uh, and as that became clear, it became clear to me that there was an opportunity for integration. So 2000, no, I'm sorry, I was going to take you through. So 2009, you, you join officially kind of a CEO. When was the company launched, though? How long had it been around before you joined? Yeah. So the company, actually, I put the capital into, I would say, a science project in about 2006 from my pro bono work on various boards. Uh, and I said to these guys, the first couple, five, six people, I wrote them a check and said, guys, if there's a business here, prove it to me. And if it is, uh, we'll go get the capital for it. What was the risk you took? What was the check size? The initial check was a million dollars. OK, got it. And, oh, and was that the honorable amount to launch something with? Sure. <laughs> was that part of an angel round? Uh, no, it was I would say, well, how do we do it? You know, we structured that as convertible debt because oh. I, I, I've been negotiating with myself. How do I set the valuation? That's got to be one of the first first convertible notes really obviously everyone does them now yes. yeah it was a very early one yep and i had very good advice from uh, my attorneys at morrison and forrester who had also been attorneys for me at informatica and at bea and other companies mm -hmm. and they're fantastic guys and they said look you how would you set the valuation i'm like that's true 
But why don't you do a convertible note and uh, convert that at the first outside money that comes in. And in the meantime, your capital goes in as debt and then you convert. And that's exactly what we did. Got yeah. it. And then fast forward to today and then we'll go back to more of the story. Uh, how much capital total have you guys raised? You know, we've raised $136 million. Okay. Um, and uh, it's been in successive rounds, uh, initially Venture with Andreessen Horowitz and then Ignition. Uh, who've done very well with Splunk, and they understand machine data from that investment and fabulous return. And then most recently, we brought in Vitruvian Partners, who are a global growth equity firm uh, headquartered in London, opening an office in Silicon Valley. So they led the most recent round. And that was the $40 million Series F in December? That's correct. And what is the, okay, so now let's kind of dig in from a product perspective. All the product people listening will get excited about this. So, so try and explain to us, what does SnapLogic do, and, and what do your customers pay you for? Right. So look, what we are seeing is essentially a Rocky II movie, right? So what was Rocky I for me was in the mid-90s, people are getting rid of mainframes and bringing in what we now call client-server technology, okay? So what did we do? We built companies like Informatica to hook up those products with each other and with the legacy that existed prior. It was a very good run for us. And we all grew very well. SAP has become a monster company. We got Informatica at over a billion in revenue. It ultimately sold for $5.7 billion. So, so what we're doing at SnapLogic, in a sense, is similar. We are connecting the new cloud applications to what is now legacy, which were the new applications 20 years ago. Mm. Right? So, so it's, 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 in a sense, Rocky too. And look, I'm not alone. Right? If you think about Workday, what is that? Is Dave and Anil kind of doing their second act. They did the same thing in client-server, they're doing it in the cloud. And what we're doing at SnapLogic is expanding out the product set to provides all, provide all kinds of connections, not just ETL like we did at Informatica, but also real-time ones uh, to provide app integration in addition to data integration from a single platform. And, and that is, we think, just wonderful because we are riding in the wake of the cloud. So. You, Guru, you're probably going to hate this analogy, so I'm going to ask for forgiveness beforehand and then say it anyway. Uh, is this basically an unsexier version of Zapier, but way more important because so much of this old infrastructure still permeates the, the software industry? You know, I would take that maybe and say, I don't dislike it. You know, I think if you look at Ift and Zapier, they're consumer plays. Yep. Um, and there have been companies like Bump who've tried to do certain kinds of things, and you can get a lot of millions of people using it, but uh, you know, I haven't seen them be able to be big companies. And we saw that in the past with uh, a variety of uh, companies trying to do screen scraping technology in the 90s and so yeah. on. And they're still around, they get a couple million and they hang around. They get, they get millions of users, but they don't get millions of dollars. So, yeah. so I would take that and say, yes, that is the problem at every strata of business. What they're solving at IFT and Zapier is at the personal level. How do I, you know, I, I use IFT, for example, to shop for, I'm giving the secret away, <laughs> I shop for used Leica cameras on Craigslist. Uh -huh. And I have an IFT trigger that goes off if somebody lists a Leica camera on Craigslist. Perfect usage. You can use Zapier in the same way. But if you're trying to connect your workday human capital management system with your SAP financial system and you're a big multi-billion dollar business, whether you're Adobe in high tech or AstraZeneca in pharmaceuticals, or you are um, someone in the, uh, in the food business like Denny's or Subway, well, you know what? You probably need something like SnapLogic. Yep. So yes, I would say we're the industrial version 
makes good sense of some of these toys out there and uh you know we do a pretty good job on the industrial end of it makes makes good sense all right and what is the walk us through, i don't want to get into every cohort of customer you have but is this a SaaS model it's a PaaS model. That's correct. It's okay, a SaaS platform model. kind of yeah. platform as a yeah. service. So, but it's in general, true, monthly recurring fees. It's a true fees. cloud product. Yeah. A true cloud product. Okay. It runs. There's always a cloud element to it, and then you have varying degrees depending on your data gravity. If you have a lot of on-prem data, then you have a big what we call groundplex. A lot of snap logic. It's like Google Chrome. There's some piece running here, some piece sure. running in the cloud. So that partitioning balloons up on here. And there's less in the cloud. And so what's if the average, uh, Guruva, take me back to the, your customer stuff here. So what's what's the average customer, would you say, paying you per month or per year? About 136 per year. Okay, 136. $136,000. That's kind of your ACV. Yes. Okay, got and it. I wanted to make sure it's $136,000. Yeah, not, <laughs> we'd be in trouble. We'd be in trouble if it was $136. Okay, $136,000 annual contract value. That makes good sense. And then um, when you're measuring, I mean, this is a big business. I'm. How many employees do you guys have? We're right at about 250. Okay. Although by the time this podcast is over, it could be 262. I hey, don't let's know. Let's hope. And I want 10% well. <laughs> commission. <laughs> cheerfully uh, cheerfully and it's just just throw me a bone all right so 250 folks uh i imagine with 136 thousand dollar acv you're looking at seven figure ltvs correct you know probably more than that i right. mean what we saw in my old company was some of the larger companies <laughs> were eight figures yep um and it's you know so we've we've got many customers in seven figures already for annum uh, and it's just a start because what, and here's a way to think about it. You can always do seven, eight figure value. If you can provide more than that to the buyer of it, you know, as a business person, you can always buy that, what you can sell. Yep. What is right. the, the reason I asked the question about LTV is I assume you guys have a, a pretty significant kind of inside sales force. And, and that brings me to the question of CAC. So what are you willing to acquire a new customer? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's modest. We don't sell inside. We have inside uh, qualification people, uh, SDRs, we call them. Um, They're basically, someone says, hey, contact me. Or I'd like to see a demo. Typically, an SDR takes that call, makes sure it's in the target segment, lines it up with the right sales rep, and then the sales rep then engages. What's your ratio so of SDRs to sales reps? It's, you know, depending on the territory, one is to one or one is to two. Okay. In some of the newer places, it's more one is to one uh, as we're expanding aggressively in Europe and Australia. So that's more one is to one, which is what we were in the U.S. two years ago. Yep. But it's one is to do now. And how many of the 250 total employees are SDRs? Boy. Do you know? Ooh, less than 20. Okay. Got it. That's good to know. So less yeah. than 20. Yeah. So, yeah. so what are you, I mean, as a CEO, that's kind of driving this business and your pro formas, your, your Excel sheets, et cetera. I mean, what are you willing to spend on CAC knowing what your other economics look like? You know, I'm willing to spend what gives me, I would say, incremental operating leverage. This okay. is... Uh, Probably the one financial term I know. I studied electrical engineering, not finance. <laughs> you had to so, sneak that term in. You had to are sneak, you impressed? I am very, you had to sneak that term in somewhere in this 15-minute interview, right? My finance committee so made me do it. what the hell does that mean? What does that mean? It's actually straightforward, right? Uh, and, and we look at it as, uh, as some of the ratios in SaaS. You're looking for a way, look, if you spend money today on sales and marketing, at what point does your leverage flip over? If you put in, say, a million dollars in sales and marketing today, is that going to produce more than a million or less than a million in next quarter? Right. Yep. So so we basically think about and what the, the reality is there are diminishing returns at some point. 
So we are willing with the capital that we've raised. And, and you know, frankly, we're not a hype company. We're a buzz company. Customers love us. I'm, you know, we, we are now getting deals where it's, we've been in business for a couple of years. We have hundreds of customers all over the globe, all the way from, you know, sort of A through Z. Is that, um, would you say that's like, like 500, 700? Give us a general range. About 700. About 700, okay. 750, actually. Okay. So 750 but, but it's customers. Who's who. It's the who's who. It's stuff like, you know, McKinsey and Verizon and, you know, people like Denny's and, you know, Bristol Myers Squibb. And it's the who's who. But the point is, if you're in business for a couple of years, inevitably in IT, there's turnover. You know what? We're getting so many people calling us on their new job and saying, hey, man, come on in here. How do we get this in here? Yep. You know, that to me, that combination of having a breakthrough product, a transformational product at a time when cloud is just exploding all over is, is the magic moment for us. So, so really, when it comes down to CAC, et cetera, I'm willing to spend into that demand but I am not willing to lean over skis to the point where we jeopardize and bet too much on the future. Let me you know? let, let me let me try and pour some concrete around that. Uh, you're more interested in what I'm willing to spend whatever it takes, but the payback period. That's really what you're talking about. You're, you have to get that's your right. cash back in the first that's four right. months. No, I wouldn't say four months, but I would say we're willing to invest as long as our we're looking at incremental growth linked to that investment in a good way, you know? Um, four months might be too short, yeah. that might be just the initial value. But if I'm looking at, say, a large company, I, I don't know, pick somebody we don't have, which is getting harder. Um, I don't know, who should we pick on? Um, hang on, running down my list. AIG. Citibank. We don't have Citibank okay, yet. Citibank. Okay, so what does Citibank have? Well, they have 50,000 developers, uh, of which about 10,000 people or a couple thousand, maybe close to 10, do ETL jobs. What's ETL How much stand we for? Spend? Yeah, extract, transform, load, which Got is it. sort of an integration for data, right? So, so, so how so much using, we... Yeah, I was going to say, using comparables, what are they worth to you? You know, if you think about it, fully loaded, what is the cost of a human being in New York and then some other stuff is offshore? So blended rate, $150,000 a year per person. Let's say it's 5000 well, that's fifteen five. That's seventy five million a year is what they're spending. Yeah, yeah. You're taking five grand times the fifty thousand employees. I'm taking one hundred fifty thousand times five grand and seventy five, right? And then if my zeros are correct, yep. that's seventy five million a year. That's accurate. And that's one company. Okay. So, so if I can come in and show them how those guys could go faster, or they don't need that many. The truth is data is exploding. So they're going to need all those guys. They can just get a lot more done with yeah. the same guy. I'm you know? The reason I'm digging here is because so many, I think it's totally wrong for SaaS founders to focus so exclusively on LTV to CAC ratio. What's more important is the speed of LTV. In other words, if your lifetime value Correct. in terms of months is seven years, you can't spend one third of LTV on CAC because it takes you too long to get the money back. That's correct. Yeah. That's and, correct. So you nailed and it, we, right? It's payback period. Thank you. Thank you. There's advantages to being older. <laughs> and one of those is I've seen a few bubbles go bust, right? You're way smarter, so now, smarter but, than us. That's it. But but no, not always. But the flip side of that is you don't want to be too conservative, right? Because the early market share you get is the best market share. Always. Yep. yep. Right. It, it's so much harder for Amazon to explain, expand into Brazil today or set up operations in India because there are people there. Yep. So they have to go deal with them first, right? So so this is where that that business metric comes in. So look. You know, when we were starting Informatica, this is coming on 25 years. Bob Oster, who was a CFO of Oracle, he was some of the people who put money into Oracle, uh, also funded uh, business objects and Informatica with the same people. And it taught me a lot. 
And here's a simple, simple rubric. Here it is. If you do try to do six-figure deals and try to have more customers than employees. There you go. There you have it. Few last you're questions. Set. Go ahead, you're Guru. Set. Yeah, you know, you're right. Few last quick questions here just before we wrap up. Um, uh, I'm doing the math. 750 customers, you know, minimum of call it 136,000 ACV or your average. You guys are well into the, what, nine figures in ARR now, right? <laughs> now, not all of them are direct customers. Some of them are OEMs as well. Okay. So we have to, we, we're, we're not going to break it up as easily uh, because look, in a private company atmosphere, you want to, um, you know, sort of obey some of the uh, the quiet things that you have to be before you're ready to really Disclose your give numbers. Me huge, you know. Give me a huge range that lets you stay vague enough. And the reason I asked the nine-figure number, I mean, in today's day and age, when I talk to you know the folks at Sauce Labs, I just had on that raised about as much as you guys have. They talk about getting into the. You have to be really in the nine-figure range between 100 million and 150 million to really think about going public. Or have you guys broke that nine-figure AR rate or no? No. Okay, got it. But close, no. maybe. You know, I like what we're trending. So here's what I can tell you. <laughs> I love this group. I love you. This is great. <laughs> Look, if you deal with Wall Street investors, this is nothing. He's got a big old but, smile on his face right now. He's like, how can I get around this dude? <laughs> no, but, but let, me, let me give you a feel for it, right? A company that can double its revenue, as we have done for years and will continue to do four years to come, has nothing to fear. You'll be fine. You know, no doubt we're burning through a modest amount of cash. We've raised about half of what the average SaaS company does to an IPO. Half. You know, now I'm a little embarrassed that it's 10 times more than I raised the first time around, but that was perpetual. <laughs> it was in the last century. You know, things are more expensive now, uh, certainly engineering talent and so on. But that said, what we're doing is building a robust business, which no doubt is growing aggressively, but also has its feet on the ground. You know, a good stance. Like I told you guys at the top of this episode, I have amazing data. And you guys know from my interview style, I love data. But what I love more than data is making it actionable via beautiful dashboards that I can view on my phone, on my TVs in my living room, or even on my laptop as I'm traveling. And the company that I use to create these dashboards, which pulls in data from my Libsyn backend, my Google Analytics backend, Salesforce, and other data sources is called Clipfolio. You can see an example executive dashboard or my social media command center or my web metrics dashboard at nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash analytics. And you can try it there for free for three months. It's Clipfolio. You can try it free for three months. Everybody else has to pay. So you get it free for three months. Alan's a good friend. He's the CEO of the company. He came on the show. I said, I love your product. Can I feature it? So NathanLacka.com forward slash analytics. Go check it out now. Very good. All right, let's wrap up here with the famous five groove. These are like, this is like cake compared to these other questions, okay? Okay. Number one, what's your favorite business book? I would say The Power of Habit. Number it's not what people think is a business book, but I love it. Number two. Uh, oh, go ahead. You want to expand on that one? No, that's okay. Okay, number two. Is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Andy Grove. Number I still read his books, but that's my one. second book. I <laughs> put management. <laughs> he's a good one. Rest in peace. He's the man. Yeah, yeah. Missed a, missed a, uh, lost a good one there. Uh, number three. Is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? You know, I would say... Uh, Probably just Gmail. I, I like what they do. It's 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 probably my favorite thing right now. I'm looking for if somebody wants a big check uh, for us to uh, uh, buy something. I'm looking for the modern equivalent of 
seven habits. How do you do quadrant two time management and planning? It's really missing. We have a lot of to-do lists, a lot of noise. We need more signal in our scheduling and in our strat planning because money we can make or lose, time we can never buy. So I'm actually in the market for something. So let me throw it out there. Interesting. That's good. I bet you'll actually get calls or tweets from that. That's good. Number, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? You know, seven is a good night. The average is, uh, I would say, between five and a half. Is my wife listening to this? No, hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hope not. Uh, I, I'd say probably lowers rounds up to six okay. just to uh, make sure I can uh, keep peace at home. And- uh, but, uh, but boy, seven is a good night. And what's your situation? Obviously, you're married. Any kiddos? Two kids. Two kids. Two wonderful girls, you know, uh, 16 and 9. Oh, uh, they great. are amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. And how old are you? You know, I just turned 50. Oh, congratulations. La- yeah, last, big last, 5-0. That's a, that's a big one. That's a big, a big one. one. All right. Big last one. question. Groove, take us back 30 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? You know, I would say I wish he knew more that opportunity knocks softly. You know, we get so busy solving problems. Sometimes we don't allow the time and space to listen mm. for that opportunity, a soft knock. That's probably the one thing I would say to myself, you know, li- listen better. I love opportunity that. Opportunity knock softly. Yeah. There you guys have it from Groove. Dylan took over, jumped in, wrote an early check, betting on some founders in 2006, put in a million, said, show me this is a real business. 2009, he liked what he saw, joined a CEO. They raised about $136 million. Uh, companies called Snap Logic. They've bought and they're helping out 750 true enterprise customers. You're talking, you know, $130,000 ACVs here, helping 750 customers really wire all of their uh, just human resources, everything online, right? And, and anything that's connected any data streams, et cetera, anything like that, right? An enterprise version of Zapier and some of these other tools at a much larger scale. They've got over 250 folks spread around the world. 20 of them are kind of are in the SDR, uh, SDR kind of role. Again, 750 customers paying on average, call it, you know, about 10 grand per month, leading to about seven-ish million in MRR. He won't confirm or deny that, but I'm just doing the math. Groove, thank you for taking us to the top. My pleasure, Nathan. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode, go back and listen to Garth with Pitbull yesterday. Pitbull indexes 3.5 billion people so you can quickly access and get anybody's contact data. It would mean the world to me if you guys got any value from this episode, if you would go leave a review on iTunes right now and then subscribe. You know, I hustle like heck to get these episodes out every freaking day for you guys. And trust me, I love it. I would do it with no listeners. But boy, oh boy, it makes my day and it makes my team's day when we see great reviews and get your feedback. So thanks so much. Okay, Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google Ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan.